0: I've said that leaving Surfer at the end of 1990 was like shedding a skin. But thinking it over these past few days, I'm more aware than ever that Surfer, in fact, moved into me like a DNA transduction. I left Surfer, but Surfer never left me. From the Encyclopedia of Surfing, I'm Tyler Brewer in Brooklyn. And I'm Jamie Brewer in London. This is The Sunday Joint, where we roll up Matt Warshaw's weekly newsletter for a deep inhale of surfing's past, present, and future. Special guest for this episode, sir. Can you introduce yourself?
1: I'm Matt Warsaw from Seattle. Thanks for having and, me, guys.
0: And who who are we just listening to?
1: Oh, that was um, that was a uh, that was the song "The End," the uh, end uh, by on side two of uh, Abbey Road by the Beatles. And um, that was a great that was a great pick by you, Tyler, because um... <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> that was pick a great that. pick. So the, the the Beatles were John's favorite John Severson, Surfer magazine founder John Severson. That was his favorite band, and that was his favorite album by his favorite band. And that uh, Abbey Road was supposed to be the soundtrack for Pacific Vibrations, his last movie. Really? Um, in fact, what I heard was that they did a whole version of the movie with Abbey Road as the as the soundtrack, thinking they would get the rights. <laughs> well no believe it or not in six in the 60s it seemed it's it kind of seemed possible like um but it, it it proved not to be possible and and then so all, all the music got pulled out and john had to hustle around and get other music i mean he got crosby stills nash and young and he got steve miller Cream, right didn't got cream yeah. so he did get a lot of heavy hitters but he didn't get he didn't get the beatles he didn't get abbey road but surfer's gone and we're going to we're going to, uh, I mean, I think picking that song, which is uh, poetically enough called The End is um, the, the way to go out.
0: I, I agree. So on this episode, our world is shaken to its core and it'll never be the same. On October 2nd, 2020, Surfer Magazine folded. The staff technically furloughed, print production suspended, and 60 years of history relegated to the archives. Print is dead. Surfer Magazine is gone. Long live Surfer Magazine. Jamie, Matt, myself, we're going to sit here and reflect on the influence, the love, and memories of this cultural glue we called Surfer Magazine. Now, I wanted to just do a quick quote here from John because I love this quote. Um, And it's not the the, the famous quote, actually. It's from an interview you did, Matt. I I really enjoyed this uh, quote from John. I wanted everyone, everybody to feel included, John Severson told Matt Warshaw in 1995 when he asked him why he originally called the magazine The Surfer. Quote, I felt like we were we were something we were all going it was something we were all going to do together. And then you wrote in your Sunday joint the last uh, cover title of Surfer magazine, we're in this together. Incredibly, is the lone cover blurb on the issue and uh you know it has some symmetry and full circleness, and it's sad but it's kind of interesting how that kind of yeah. works um how, what what were your first thoughts matt when you heard the news where were you what how did you did you come about the information and what 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 first entered your mind when you heard surfer had had folded
1: i i i mean i don't I'm not feeling. I'm not feeling like, ber- especially bereaved by it, because it's been sort of hanging by a thread for quite a while. I,
2: yeah, I
1: think I put in the joint that um, when Surfer got sold to um, American Media, the company that owns National Enquirer, I think yeah, American Media that Media's motherfucker,
0: says,
1: <sighs> right? That's so I think motherfucker. that motherfucker. I know. <laughs> so I, I, I kind of thought at that point everybody thought at that point, I think that it was that, that, but, you know, even before that, a few years ago, it had been sold a couple of other times, I think.
0: Yeah. The 10 and every
1: time it was sold, the uncertainty just kind of kept going up and up and up. And I remember, um, having a talk with, uh, Todd Perdonovich, who was the last, (laughs) the last editor for surfer. Um, and he would call me now and then and say you know he, he he didn't quite know what to do with it right now not not just from all the t- times it had been sold but because uh digital was just taking over and if you think about you guys like you know what we all I didn't know you guys back then but I know that you guys were big fans of the magazine like in the late 80s and and early 90s and stuff so when there's this connection cuz I know that I guess Jamie you were you were a subscriber going way back right and
2: yeah my first issue was um, sixty uh, no the 60, <laughs> 86 and it was uh, it was the the California issue with um, actually, I think they just announced that Tom Curran had just won the world title in it
1: so and then Tyler, you you came along not not long after, but you know back then what we were getting out of magazines was um, um, contest stuff, the travel stuff. Um, there was no T surfing on cable, you know, surfing wasn't on TV yet. And, or it wasn't, it wasn't on, it didn't have, its it own was about out. to, it was super, it clear. was about to, but even out. that was, it's still once a week. So in other words, we were really depending on the magazines for a lot of stuff and you could just see all that dropping away as, as digital got better and better and better. And, um, you didn't need let, you know, letters to the editor did you know, we had, we had threads instead of letters, letters to the editor. and and. It, it, It hit a sort of existential crisis way before COVID hit, or way before Surfer got sold to American Media, which is like, what's what? What is the point of the magazine right now? I don't mean that rhetorically. I mean like really, what is you know, what are you supposed to do with it? And I don't think they ever solved it. Not just Surfer, but print hasn't really solved that question yet. So, Tyler, back to your question. I you know, I wasn't surprised that it happened. Um, This sounds really almost flip but it, what it felt like to me was like uh, an uncle I hadn't seen for a long time that I really liked died. I hear off, you know, from, oh, my uncle died. I yeah. hadn't seen him for a while. I, I mean, I have all these surfers here that the last few that I've gotten that I've kind of looked through and set them aside because I'm too busy. I'm probably too busy going online to look at stuff, you too know. Too busy but, uh, coming yeah. on to podcasts and uh, other yeah, stuff, Right, you know? right. <laughs> so I don't know. Um I did spend a lot, I spent a lot all week sort of thinking about the period of Surfer that I'm the most fond of, which was 69 to 72. And then the period at Surfer when I was there, which was 86 to 90. But I think, you know, I think I put in my joint, like everyone's relationship with it is different. So you're having your thoughts about what it meant. You know, I mean, you know, you're having your thoughts about what it meant to uh, have Surfer in your life and, and Jamie's having his. And for all of us, it feels like a loss, definitely. It, yeah i mean that's a like
2: a big question is you know where where is surfing's go-to place oh and not even before surfer you know that became defunct where is surfing's go-to place to connect to check in on what's going on in surf you know like a lot of times like you know i get up in the morning and i think right i just want to connect to the world somehow and you know so go into the bbc website it's oh, but that's news you know I <laughs> want a <laughs> nice place to connect and yeah it's where, where is that place now yeah but surfer it's called instagram place? no but surfer, surfer, surfer back- it, it was that place back when i was you know i'd say up until or for me up until around the turn of the century when a new issue had come out it was like ah connect to the greater surfing world
1: but my point would be then you're saying that it's been almost 20 years since a magazine was that thing for you right yeah so yeah i Yeah, I agree. I don't know if, I don't know if we need that place anymore or if it's, I I don't, I think about that too, Jamie. I don't know what the next. um...
0: I, I think they, there's, I take a more critical stance for sure. I, I feel like the publishers, particularly in the last 10 to 15 years were somewhat negligent on how they managed the magazine.
2: Yeah, you've I had a lot
0: of ideas for what if you were I've, a
2: surfer, you would have. I had, pitched done some to cool Tony things.
0: Perez in 2010. I pitched to Tony Perez, who was the publisher of Surfer Magazine. Uh, he was sponsoring our New York Surf Film Festival at the time. We did a big dinner with the tourism board for the Dominican Republic, the marketing end of JetBlue. We organized this big kind of dinner and i brought a friend who who was building apps for huge companies like uh, everyone from Time Out new york on to whatever like he was building these incredible apps and it was right when the ipad came out too that was the year the ipad came out 2010 i said to tony prez yo i got this app guy we have this idea i think we can create multiple revenue streams for surfer we you know we create an app surfer you do your video those videos link to the the yeah. surf trip they're on the cloth the clothing they're wearing the boards they're riding all that stuff you could buy it right through surfer do all this no. sort of stuff create lots of content you know what that guy said to me he goes yeah but no one's gonna have an ipad no one not everyone's gonna have an ipad everyone's no, gonna was, need a a, it was, was just win- like dude are you freaking dumb do you not see the world like it was so aggravating for me to leave that and be like these guys they're gonna blow it there's they're lazy i would say people in that area just got way too comfortable and surfing this is i'm getting on my high horse here sorry but i (laughs) have to because it it i think there's a negligence and I don't blame the yep. editorial staff, by the no, way.
1: No, it never was the editorial staff. It was the it was the layer above. It always. was
0: the, it was always the publisher. And these publishers, you know, were lazy. Not,
1: and not just, even the publisher. Sometimes it was the the people above the, the owner. Because because when Brendan Thomas was publisher at Surfer, he wanted. He had some great ideas. He knew. He Brendan Thomas was, I think, the last best chance where Surfer yeah. could have pivoted and done something right. Yeah. And he. That, you know he beat his head against the wall so hard that he quit and went over to surfer's journal that's why brendan's at surfer's journal and yeah brendan for a couple of years was absolutely convinced that surfer magazine was going to follow these obvious things like what you have just said mm-hmm. and save itself and yeah. they, and he said every time they they t- they went the wrong direction they went the right re- they went they went the uh i you know, i
2: would
0: argue because uh the certain heads were in Southern California and they were sucking on the OC teat. If uh, I to mm. quote Tom Curran, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: I've never heard that one before.
0: You didn't hear that about clinging to Orange County teat, how he was clinging to that back in like '97. That was no, no. Curran also. Curran wrote an article about it because he was talking about how he was Did smoking he? cigarettes living yeah. in Southern California. He was sponsored like, by like know, <laughs> drinking coffee, exactly.
2: Um, Can but, I just interrupt? <laughs> yeah, go. <laughs> one time when I was a kid, Salva- the first time I ever heard like sucking on a tit as a metaphor was Salvador Pasquitz told me <laughs> that he didn't, it, you know... um Dorian, his dad, you know, Paskowitz. Is, Dr. Paskowitz. Dr. Paskowitz. He didn't want them living off the mother tit of society. <laughs> I yeah. just thought that was so cool. <laughs> anyway. But the thing is,
0: I think there's, there's a certain complacency that comes with, particularly in the last 20 years, maybe. And, and this is, sorry for a lot of my brethren over there and friends, but Southern California breeds a certain amount of complacency. You have good waves most of the time. It's not terribly cold, not terribly hot most of the time. It's pretty even, you know, for the most part. I would say because they should have hired people from the East Coast or people from wave starved regions or places that were not complacent with surfing who appreciate it more, I think. Take yeah. You know, I think yeah. there could have been that the, the, the necessity breeds evolution, but- you know, and when you're complacent, you're not going to evolve. And I think people who come from more wave Starved regions are much more enthusiastic and maybe, you know, this is total generalization for all our listeners. I'm no, totally no, but- talking out my ass, but I, I think this is my theory, at least.
1: But this is thoughts. a perfect segue to um, something I wanted to say about John Severson. Because yes. uh so John Severson, for those who are um too young to remember what he was the founder of Surfer of Force 1960. And um to your point first, Tyler, it's so hard when you're the established big brand to change. It's so hard. But yeah, John himself did it in sixty-seven. And, and and all of the uh Deserved praise that John gets for his artistry and for his business sense and for his—he um, had a uh, sort of amazing array of of skills. Movies, magazines, he could write, he could edit, he could he could graphic design. Um, but the thing that he did that, when I think back at Surfer, that was the most impressive of all was in 19 i don't know if it was late 67 or early 68 when surfer even then was the established magazine everybody you know surfer was already international um it it had already done big issues and and um it was it was the magazine and it was on perfectly sound uh it was making it made money from issue one it was just a you know it was a small little moneymaker and um in 67 briefly surfing got really good so surfing magazine had been around three or four years and they hadn't done much um but there was a couple of new hires made a great new art director and all of a sudden surfing in 67 was looking really good and i don't know if it was that or if it was um that um i'm not sure what happened but anyway john i think knew that john was golfing he Bought a Mercedes. Um, he was living up in a uh, like a develop a gated development. He meets Drew Campion. This is the story, anyway. And, and uh, Drew gets John high. John grows a mustache. Hires <laughs> Drew overnight. Nice. Oh, right River.
0: after, right after taking that puff, all of a sudden, no, the mustache, no, no, the mustache just in.
1: popped out. It was like, a, it was like if you've <laughs> ever seen Yellow Submarine when, like, you know the. <laughs> Everything went colorful behind him and everything. But um one or two kids
2: out there. John took
1: his magazine that was already uh it was a success. It didn't need to change. It didn't it didn't there was no obvious need for it to change. And John uh hired Drew, hired a new art director, uh hired art brewer, and in about three issues just reinvented the magazine completely. I mean start to finish mostly by just throwing the keys to Drew Campion in terms of what the magazine was going to be and he just went from a little sort of cool looking sports magazine to this countercultural icon and those those issues of Surfer from 60 uh late 68 to early 72 are the if that's the gold you know that's the golden age of Surfer the it, it was funny it was beautiful it was experimental um and uh and john did that john took this thing that it was already fine no need for change really and changed it anyway because it was t- he just knew that it was time to do that he, he and, made it political too by the absolutely. way absolutely but that's saying like so john did it. it john proved that that could be done and then cars david carson did it again in 91 that With was just, Steve the, hawk. just the design give of it Steve
0: hawk some 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 credit though
1: well, what I'm saying is that Steve, Steve wasn't radical. Steve, that that's a different thing. What I'm saying is like uh, Surfer had the guts to hire Carson to throw out a look and do something different. So Surfer had a track record of changing to fit the period, but they couldn't do it in the last ten years when they when they really really needed to do it. They couldn't do it. Can I ask a question? When when Steve Hawk,
2: because that was that's probably the last time they did a major change. Um, and where they did it based on their guts, rather than, um, you know, on their business instinct. At the time, why was it? Why were they able to do that? And well, Brendan and Thomas wasn't
0: Esmond sold it, right? Right then?
1: Um, no, well, first of all, Steve never owned it. He was just the publisher. But right. the, the, Steve Hawk and David Carson are two different things entirely. They just happened to it just happened to happen at the same year. So I left surfer in the end of 1990. And Steve Pesman and I hired Hawk to replace me. Um, and, it, and just at the meantime, David Carson was already working at Surfer at a magazine called Beach Culture. And actually, I take that back. Maybe, maybe Hawk did convince Pesman to um, hire Carson, but Steve Hawk himself wasn't especially radical. He no. was just incredibly competent. Like, so there's two, there's two great editors in Surfer history, I think. Yes, one it wasn't difficult. i wasn't even <laughs> close i'm not even in the top five i will
0: put matt in there as an no, honorary
1: no but uh drew campion was the first and steve hawk was the other one and, and they're two And then
2: paul holmes members. of course
1: what's that
0: <laughs> paul holmes number three maybe uh,
1: but they're, those guys are two really different great editors campion was campion okay chortle yeah,
2: get us get on back um, to what you say. <laughs>
1: no, I mean, if we were off camera, it'd be funny to talk about there were some editors that were so there were some editors, and I, I don't want to speak poorly of the yeah. dead. but There was an editor right before campion whose name was um, Patrick McNulty, who was a, right. who was a great guy Who's,
0: whose kids grew into some good surfers. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. But so Patrick McNulty would show up at surfer pole like in 66 or seven in a tie and get <laughs> a crew cut. And so it's almost like in and, and, and there's one issue where Patrick McNulty and Drew Campion are, are the co-editors. Whoa. You could just, it, it, basically it's just you can see Drew coming up with his elbow <laughs> and just throwing Patrick McNulty overboard, which he should, you know, it had to happen. Yeah. But, but Drew was this editor who, who um, you didn't, you you really noticed him and the magazine was a reflection of Drew. Everything from the cover blurbs to the, the subscription ads to all the articles, to whoever was writing, Drew just pulled every string. I mean, and it all sounded like Drew. Yeah, I read that like John Severson said that he, if Drew
2: Campion basically said it's all or nothing, like if you stop me, I'm walking away. See, And he, John Severson said, I had to basically just let him do what he wanted, right. even though it was a bit
1: uncomfortable for him. Well, and John said that his own sister, it was so uh, yeah. horrified. At what. <laughs> yeah. Drew was doing that. Uh, she's canceled her subscription. Um, then Steve Hawk, the other one I want to talk about real quick, was um, very behind the scenes. And Steve Hawk was not. He didn't remake the magazine in his in his own image. You know, he he was just good at every aspect of uh, of editing that magazine. And and you know, the mix of articles was good. Um, he brought journalism to it he yeah he really he embodied what
0: real surf journalism is not chaz smith's journalism but like right Right. what he did and and the the magazines he did were were great they were insightful they were sharp they had political commentary they were definitely you know uh they were real journalistic pieces a lot of the articles felt like you could read them in a proper magazine, not just a right. surf magazine. They were very yeah. well done. And they, this... they took on topics too that weren't always discussed. Everything from your feminist you know, right. story to right. the comedy issue, making fun of the brands that supported them even. Like, right. it was very smart. It, it was a smart magazine all yeah. through the 90s, I think.
2: But, um, yeah, yeah. but yeah. Why, why were they allowed? Because, but especially okay. the day publisher paladini was great yeah i guess that's the question like back to david carson that was the real radical change because actually i would argue yeah so so the change
1: the change was just in a way it was just a skin because because all of the writers steve hawk was um before and after david carson was steve hawk so steve had a few issues before david carson came on and did a whole tons of them after carson wasn't there that long yeah. It was more the point I guess I was trying to make with Carson was just that surfer at that point was still open to taking risk uh chances and and superficially in any way or at least outwardly the Carson thing was the was looked like the most radical change surfer made, you know.
0: I I and remember I, the comments coming in after the oh, first yeah. the first I, cover change with Richard no, not Richard Schmidt. it was um donovan oh no uh it was no th- no it was the aussie uh why uh, sean monroe sean monroe, monroe. thank right. you damn right. kidman would have kicked my ass if i missed that one yeah
1: that would have been a good stump yeah. i remember um just despising carson's work when it when i first saw it um partly because if you were a writer
0: he, he was so up your blurbs
1: <laughs> he was so he was so um he would take text columns and he would xerox them so the text itself was hard to read so everything was in service to, to the design and and i do think that was a a sort of a mistake on carson's part but from go i went from not liking david's work to as the years went i, I wasn't even aware of this but it, you know that when i go back and look at it, it it grew on me to a point now where when i look at those early issues of surfer they just sit they seem incredibly uh uh progressive and forward and just what the magazine needed and if you and, and furthermore if you go back to the issues just prior to that mm-hmm. it's some of the worst you know i mean it's some of the the status design that surfer had, had done so no offense i i, I know i uh that's uh, a <laughs> the, the, you the know guy. what though
0: you know what matt the 1990 surfers poll cover still one of my favorites
1: Remind me which one?
0: Curran's that? on the cover, black frame. Current wins oh, God, Surfer I, pole, nineteen ninety. Yeah, no, that like, he's. I it's it. just to me like, it's still that that issue is really important. The Richard yeah. Schmidt David Carson cover, that to me is one of the greatest covers of Surfer ever. And the at, reason be at the Eddie, you mean? Like yeah, the, at the Eddie, the, eddy, the a, big wave. It's yeah. because he's wearing a hood on uh, no. a warm hat on. <laughs> is it's a ton of negative space it's not filled Mm -hmm. in it's it lets the image breathe and that was what david carson did to i would argue david designed the best some of the best covers of surfer um you know inside was was always a little weird and odd the surfer pulled 1991 one was a weird one with the cartoon drawings of the pros i didn't like that but the covers always had some sort of sheen or look to it that i wanted to pick it up although yeah. tyler i wanted to like, pick it up
2: i was just reading uh, your interview matt with david carson and he said that the covers were a lot of times they had toned his covers down didn't yeah. they
1: it's it's <laughs> funny because if i mean they should have let david run riot on the cover and they should have toned it like yeah it was the opposite the end where he didn't, opposite, where he didn't get toned down was in the inside and that's where they should have um because the mm. They should have let him do whatever he wanted on the cover. Um, yeah, the Beach Culture covers were amazing. They I were thought crazy, that. right? Yeah,
2: <laughs> they, they really stopped you yeah. in your tracks.
1: I, I remember uh, when Stab first came out, and they were just doing covers that were clearly um, David
0: Carson-esque.
1: No, no, not Carson-esque yeah. in, in in the execution, but just uh, really taking chances. Like we're like there some there's some Stab covers that are that are. It's really hit or miss. Some of them are awful, and some. But the good ones are so weird and far out that you'd never. And I go, well, that's what they should do. They should be. You should, you know, t- It's try. a niche
0: sport. We should be experimenting. You know. So going,
1: getting back to that, and I know we're we're not going in any kind of rhyme or reason, but I was thinking back to that period of surfer covers that I love. and and actually, so that period from '68 to '72, but even going before that. So that was the thing that. um Severson started. He did a cover once that was, uh, he did, I think, a wood block of a surfer dropping into a wave all stretched out. It's like, you know, he. Severson must have made a, you know, a wood block something and he just pressed it down and he, there's this cover and it's, and it's a wood block. And he did a cover of just a piece of art of three surfers laying around their boards and uh, um, He got a big award for that one. Yeah.
2: He got a big award for that one. For the art cover. It's just a piece of the one with the three surfers lying around and it's where they're really abstract and the the surfboards look like modern pointy short surfboards. I mean,
1: one of my, I think one of the best covers they ever did, but who would, you know, who would think to take an oil painting and put it on the cover of a surf magazine? So John was doing that. And then, um, some of the covers that came in that period that I love so much, there was, and a little bit after too, uh, one of the covers was a body surfer, you know, surfers, yeah. and that was Pesman's doing and one of the covers they did in uh, 72 or thereabouts was uh, a boat, a boat wake breaking on the beach, like a little mm. tiny, it's this tiny little wave that you can't tell Oh, it's I tiny. know that
0: one. I know that one. It's just sm- oil yeah, glass too. And, then,
1: and one of them is just this golden shot of a silhouette of a surfer walking up the beach. And there was they didn't, you know, there was a whole period in um, 69 and 70 where they didn't run any cover blurbs and there was other cover blurbs they did that were drew campion just having fun. There was my favorite cover blurb of all time was the first annual end of the world issue. Um, (laughs) We could use um, that right now. Couldn't we? Yeah. Right. So actually now it wouldn't be so funny. Um, But but yeah, there, you know, there was just this period uh, for a long time of, of, of uh, taking chances. I don't put, I don't put all of the blame um, on the administration because I also think that having people come along like Campion or Severson uh, or Carson or Hawk, you don't get, you don't get people that, well, no, see again, Steve, I wouldn't keep, I wouldn't put Steve Hawk in there because Steve Hawk never didn't Steve sliding Hawk. sliding
0: him again.
1: Jeez. I'm not sliding. I know him he I'm was like,
0: your, he was your replacement and all, but you don't have to be so bitter about it. <laughs>
1: Steve Hawk was the um, like the John Havlicek of uh, <laughs> where uh, I can't wait to where, interview where, him one day. Where like um, where <laughs> Drew Campion was more like the like the Doctor J. Like you yeah, know, you couldn't keep your eye. Like you know, I mean, Steve Hawk was you you you'd pick Steve first. If I were going to build a magazine, I would pick Steve before anybody because he's going to keep it all together. But the people that were going to like the people that were going to define it. You were, were, were other was, was, yeah. that's all I'm saying. Carson. Yeah. But they don't, and they don't come along that often. So it's like it, you could have had a situation where uh, in these past few years, even if the um, administration or, or, or the, uh, the, the very top level had been open to it. Like, I don't know who I would pick that would have done better. I, you know, they're, they're, you get those, those, those talents are really, really mm. rare. Those, those, you know, well, I think Todd was
0: working into a good direction. Uh, that Todd Pradonovich was, yeah. was doing, he was doing some thoughtful articles. Um, I think it, things were starting. I mean, let, can we talk about the last statement they made basically before they, they got the axe? Was they decided to to basically throw their hats in the ring and support one of the presidential candidates for the first time in Surfers history? Uh, and supported Joe Biden and you know, Kamala Harris and quite the shit storm on social media. And then the next day, it shutters, which was such a weird uh, look and coincidental. And right. everyone should understand, I think it was very coincidental. It had nothing right. to do with the decision. Uh, but I think that was a pretty bold statement of Todd. Uh, you know, for these times where if you stick your neck out a little bit, you, you're, getting, you're getting a ton of hate mail.
1: But here's the, here's what I think that, and I, I'm glad Todd did that. He and I yeah talked a little bit before he, he emailed me to ask if Surfer had ever endorsed and I had to go back and check and look and they didn't, they, you know, even, even when Campion was there and Nixon was running, they didn't, Surfer didn't endorse. Right. So that was a, I think that was a good call. I think I'm not sure Todd's really bright and actually Todd is really funny. Um, but I'm not sure if, if Todd isn't almost, the tone for for 2020. He's so earnest, and he's so Mm -hmm. um, sort of, it's a, it's a strange, it's a, it's almost like a mismatch, like to to be political, you also need to be sort of speaking in a language that I don't think Todd is totally fluent in. I mean, Todd is just a straightforward, nice, earnest person. And he Mm. He should take that message. That message would probably would have been, I think, better suited to something. I think I was talking to somebody recently where I was saying, like, you know, if you write for the nation or if you write for uh, even the Atlantic or something. um, So if you're going to be that person doing that in the surf world, um, you need to be somebody like Campion, who was political, but he was also dancing all over the place when he was doing his politics. So Drew Campion did a thing on presidential politics, uh, and it was a... It was a look ahead to 1984, and it's a presidential campaign, and it's a satire article, and at the end of the article, uh, Richard Roundhouse Nixon comes back out of nowhere and wins the presidency again. It was something totally silly. It was very political, but it was completely satirical as well, right? And that's not Todd. Todd's really gonna just go absolutely earnest, right at you, straight, and all his points were good. And I don't know if the style was right for 2020 and for the audience he's got. That's yeah, how- I
2: feel like I and, and mm. probably wouldn't maybe not pull it off as well as Drew Campion did back then. But you can imagine Derek Riley doing something more yeah. like that, you know. Yeah, So maybe. You know, like, well, no, no, but with, with the humor and the reverence, but not quite. And, and actually, he does, he does communicate about politics in a way where you have to infer what he's really thinking, but he is addressing the subject.
1: Well, except for with both those, both those guys, and this is a, you know, probably a different episode, but with Charlie and Derek, their politics are center, I think, or Derek's politics are, I, you know, I don't know if they feel strongly about stuff one way or the other. I, I, I actually don't. I, I just, I, more the, more I feel, the humor I and the, the wit. I more of a I contrarian.
0: Thinking. I think they like to stay somewhat removed and don't commit totally to one side or the other. Yeah, when I, I think, think it, that, But I
1: also think that's tone deaf to be that person right now in this day and age. I think that you have to commit and you have to, but you have to commit in a way where everyone still knows that you're, you still have a sense of humor and that you're not just, I mean, you know, you look at what, uh, um, with Stephen Colbert, how Stephen Colbert could do it or John Stewart could do yeah. it. You can, you can, be, it, but again, it's so hard to do that. It's really, really hard to, but I, you know, uh, I think I think I think what Charlie's done, especially with some of the politics, has been like when Charlie earlier was was um, sort of support in you know supporting of of the surfers in Orange County who weren't wearing masks, saying what great yeah. surfers they were, and and you kind of think, well, it's tongue in cheek, but it's also kind of not that funny. And I mm. uh, I don't know, it's hard. It, do it, it's you, a do hard you think it was in, a lot of those? In, in, I'm
2: sorry to interrupt. Um, no. Please. <laughs> just say i'm talking right now i'm talking <laughs> i have, a, I, have the talking, I have the talking pen <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh i'm trying to be as uh, like politely interrupt like mike pence would um yeah what do you mean he didn't politely
0: interrupt at all oh, but anyway it's all relative isn't it we're not
2: going there um, do you think in one way it was easier like i don't think drew campion if there was a young True Campion now, I don't know if he would have been able to do it. And I'm asking what you think. Well, No, I'm not. I'm actually just telling you my opinion. <laughs> 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 oh, God. This is what I do all the time. This. Do you know, can I just interrupt again, to say that this podcast is like therapy. You listen to it afterwards. You're like, oh, my God, do I really? Is that, oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> um, but back then, when Drew Campion did all that subversive kind of... Uh, counterculture kind of stuff surfing was shedding a lot of its old people yes the old god anyway and like surfer was just in a way they were leading but they were also reflecting what surfing Uh, yes this is a
1: great this is a great point and another reason why um the deck was stacked against todd Mm. is that i as much as i think that drew skew he he drew almost I've talked to Randy Warrick about this because Randy Warrick, who was about Drew's age, was saying how much he sort of hated the whole that whole period. And, and I remember when Randy told me that, I thought, "Wow!" Because I thought everybody believed and and was political and was um, sort of riled up the way Drew was about stuff. And it turns out it, it it wasn't actually true. There were still some center of the road or even some probably right leaning people. I mean, but but I do that. That being said. Surfing was a lot younger in 1970 or 71, 69. Surfers were all um, terrified of Vietnam on a personal level, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, And so I do think that the whole sport skewed so much further left than it does now. So Drew was able to do that because I think his audience mostly... I'll just guess 80% of them was right there with them on all that. And and that's never, that was never going to be the case with, with Todd. And if you look at the comments section on, on, on beach grit, for example, you see guys in there that aren't, that are being funny, but also aren't masking the the fact that they're real, uh, uh, hardcore right wingers, you know? So it's sort of left and back, left and right on, on the beach grit thread. Um, in a way that you wouldn't have seen in surfer magazine letter columns in 19 letters column in 1970. Well, that
2: kind of leads into a point where it, you know, that the question before, you know, it, could there be, and you Tyler, you said, no, is, I, it, is it even necessary? Like, does there need to be, could there be a surfer magazine in one form or another now, which speaks for everybody? Or is it just, is surfing just too broad a church now? It's too broad, too broad a, broad a church, church.
1: Yep. totally. Jinx. You're right.
2: I, think. <laughs> I, I do. I think it's, I think it's, it's, it's,
0: it's like skiing, Jamie, uh, ski surf skiing is like, you have lots of niches. You have the people who do it for the weekend. You have some people who are pretty enthusiastic about it, but they go on the really nice trips. And then you have the people who are living on the mountains, living right. that lifestyle kind of core. And I think surfing is evolving into that type of thing where it's become so big in mass that it's niched out. But it's it much matter. bigger. i mean
2: but although skiing like would probably have a much narrower church because it, you need a lot of money to ski you can right yeah but
0: what i'm talking about is the differentiation of skiers right like you have your weekenders you have your people who go three to four times a year but then you have your no, core I, I, and but jamie's I think... point
1: is i think you're going to find a lot more you're going to find let skiing is relegated to people who can afford all the, the tickets and yeah. the gear and everything. so i but i but you're Oh Over whatever, Jamie! It's, it's, Jamie's right again. So what? What you know? For those keeping score, um, uh,
2: <laughs> oh my God! So <laughs> many of my <laughs> dreams are coming true right now. <laughs> but, Matt but, Warshaw's <laughs> telling Tyler. But,
1: Jamie, Jamie's point. Just live with me. Ride. My wife will do this
2: all day
0: long for you, James.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Tell that's
0: you why, that
1: I'm right. Why I love her. <laughs>
2: sorry keep going tell, well, chi- tell, chi- tell us more about me
1: <laughs> uh, i was gonna say uh, jamie jamie i think you're right you couldn't i think that if uh if drew campion came out of uh where was drew from he was <laughs> he would say i he, was right from the sorry mute me. from the midwest somewhere i think
0: buffalo i thought yes. originally yes. buffalo right
2: if well, uh, he if, his formative surfing years were around malibu yeah right?
1: but but i think he, he might have been a valley he might have i'm not sure if he was a valley boy If if Drew Campy in 2020 showed up, I don't know if he he I'm sure he wouldn't get the platform and find the audience that Drew Campy in 68 found. No, just no chance. The sport's too different.
0: I think what surfers should have been and what they should have evolved to is more news organization, less lifestyle. And I think they should, be, should have been reporting on what's happening, not just in Southern California, but what's happening around, around the world and pivoted to more digital content reporting surf right. news. Because right now we get this, you know, again, the WSL owns that almost right now. No one right. else is doing that. No one reports proper surf news. Ritz right. tabloid, Stab is features. No one does a daily news show. What's happening? I could see like a vice style or Vox or something like that, that type of graphic and animation video reporting what's happening, uh, fun facts about surfing, interesting things, interesting people. It could have reflected surfing still. Yeah. It really could have. And I think they, and this is my opinion, my opinion alone, and this has been, I've had this idea for a long time surfer particularly has always viewed surfing from a southern california lens and surf history has always been viewed from that lens and it hasn't you know we would get the throwaway east coast section you never heard oh. about the cultures <laughs> everywhere else you you know fuck, man when we finally had an east coast cover chris, you know chris Harmon got the cover of surfer magazine in 95 but really? then they only gave it to the east coast and then they gave Ross Williams on the West Coast oh, that's so How the so weird fuck is that?
1: That yeah, it wasn't as is lame like, as it wasn't as lame as East Coast Surfer. Remember that pullout? Oh, oh I love yeah, East Coast no. Surfer. I mean, we did. but it spelled. Do, do you know why they did insulting. East Coast Surfer? Was just to get just to sort of ghettoize placate us? Yeah, and I I always and I love the woman who did it, Lisa Roselli, is so mm. great. And then and Amy but,
0: Van Zandt, right answer? But they right gave
1: after. her the, they gave her no budget. They gave early you got it you know it was kevin welsh too by the that, way yeah that that you know that thing was i always was kind of i felt bad for the people working on it i felt bad for us putting that out because it just looks so <laughs> it was it was pathetic it was i mean it looked, very, it looked condescending very, it was really.
0: very paternalistic you but you know? know we should i
1: don't want to there's so many ways i could make no, fun of surfer no, but and i but don't want
0: I'm not i'm not begging but this is no. part of the part of the reason of the downfall but
1: the, the but I, t- I, I don't the, disagree with the democratization with
0: you, Tyler, but of surf t- of the democratization of surf media has made it affordable for other people to realize my surf culture is not being represented in the magazine. They don't represent me. What they cover and what they do that's, that's a, not my surf experience. It's that's it's a slightly upwards. different
1: issue from why surfer failed and and I think the I think the I think the thing that it's really not to apologize for them, but you've yeah. got a, a, you know, a money-making thing at 12 issues a year. And that's, that's been that way for 40 years or whatever had, it had been. Um, that's hard. It's, it's really hard for that tiger to change its stripes. It should have, They should have, somebody should have yeah. said, we change our stripes or we look at two, or we look ahead to two thousand twenty when It's going to fold, but you know, it's still really hard. They saw that model. They, you know, they just clung to that, Model until um, the models well, sunk beneath them. Well, then that's uh, a,
2: that's another question. Then, like, it's kind of a two-part one. You know, one: Are there any current which current surf magazines do you think will will last for a,
1: a while? Surf well, World. Why do you? Is, is it even plural? Isn't it just one left? I <laughs> mean, no.
0: Yes, yeah, Surf World. That's now Surfing World. By, Surfing World. That's owned by um, Sean uh, Doherty yeah so that's potential uh surfing life surfing life edited by jed smith is in pretty decent hands at the moment um do those magazines get to
1: america or no
2: it's It's online does it matter (laughs) is it a magazine (laughs) no i guess i guess i guess that's the thing that it's a two-part question like but the first question is because um oh god for some real big name on, uh, maybe it was Long Tom on Beach Grit, kind of was was, was talking about what kind of model will work And he said you get what you pay for, blah, 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 if you're going for the advertisement route. But I guess the question is, will Surfer's Journal still last for a while? Will Surfing World SW still last for a while and the others? And then if they do, brilliant, why will they last? And then the other question is, um, which model of media is the best way to go but uh, yeah I'm, for the first question is i'm curious will the surf magazines the
1: tangible ones still last i i think the journal how, how many ads does the journal have six and then they're depending on what is it 20 bucks a pop if you buy a if you buy an issue or, an or an issue.
2: issue yeah they are getting that
1: yeah so surfers journal i think will be surfers journal i think is definitely viable it's got a just the the it's got a rabid um base of people who support it it's also in a pretty big building like surfers journal i think as much as it seems like it's the sort of lean and it was it was the lean and you know the 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 leaner the leanest operation of the magazines in southern california but they could also you could you know sean i don't know if sean doherty where he's going to publish um he bought surfing world is that the one yeah yeah i mean look I run this whole operation, this encyclopedia of a surfing operation out of a guest room. You know, you can you can do a lot with a little and Surfer's Journal, I think, could, uh, could Surfer's Journal will keep going. I don't know right now, be, this sort of off on a tangent here because Nathan Myers was hired as editor. At, not anymore though. No, yeah. I'm saying he only yeah. lasted like six months and I'm not oh quite sure. Oh my God, what, really? Yeah. Right. And, and the uh, I'm not sure that how involved the Pesmans are right now. There, I think they're sort of, enjoying their retirement well i think josh uh, Steve's
0: son is or
2: uh, his son is involved though no well just in the business like the, um yeah but that's uh, or something. yeah no but, Sean, but steve and got steve a great did youtube write, channel by the way yeah <laughs> and steve did write an article in the last issue in the latest but
1: issue. you know for all the years when surfers journal was at its at its peak those two steve and debbie were in the office every day yeah and you know and scott hewlett who i really like is um
0: or some say Hewlett.
1: He had a, uh, I think he had a stroke a couple of years ago or something. Yeah, he was sick. Recovered. He got really recovered from it, but he's he's reti- He also wants to retire. He wants to go down to Baja and fish and surf. You know, and and he should. He's deserved that. So I, I'm a little unclear right now. I was going to come out really strong and say that Surfers Journal will always be the uh, the last man standing because they've got the best. I think they have the best business model. Um, but it does seem it's a little unclear right now who, who's who's doing it and brendan thomas i think is really busy running um Uh, golfer's journal (laughs) that's a shame i know
2: the (laughs) other the other argument made by the person i'm so sorry to you whoever wrote this article in beach grit earlier this week um he was saying that surfers journal might last for a bit longer but that's because there's still people like us you know who like that but maybe a younger okay. generation you know they don't feel that same uh, love for, uh, for print media
0: right i i would argue the difference being is they're privately owned they don't they're right. not beholden to an investment firm and right. my my personal belief our, our investment firms are the root of most of the evil in the world right. Right. Uh, personally fuck blackstone by the way um ceo makes 500 million dollars in a year that fuck
1: that guy a anyway. magician? That's like twice what you make, Tyler.
2: <laughs> I couldn't no, earn I... that in a hundred million <laughs> lifetimes really. But no, like, I heard, heard today that the, the top, if you're making over a hundred thousand dollars a year, you're in the top 1% earners of the world. Cool.
1: Of the world, yeah. But not, of the
2: world. Not, yeah. in,
0: not in the first, not in where we are now. Yeah, but, in, yeah.
2: but the thing is,
0: um, I would argue like, because they were corporately owned for a long time, that that made the decision for them. Had they Absolutely. been privately owned by a passionate owner, Absolutely. they could continue. And I, it was interesting. So I was interviewing yesterday Ira Opper. Um, many of you might know who hmm. produced Surf Video Network and produced all the Surfer Magazine TV shows, which were our favorites. Uh, but we were talking about how that transition happened in 91, 92, from Pesman Publishing to Palladini and Ira Opera was saying, Oh, it just started getting more corporate then. And that's when he left too and stopped doing it. And you notice in the surfer TV series, uh, in 92, it's totally different vibe. Sonny Miller kind of took that over a bit. Um, but that I, that has something to do with it. I think if you're privately owned, you have an owner who's passionate about it and it's not losing money but it's keeping afloat, I think you can keep it going. And that's where I think the Surfer's Journal could potentially keep it going. They need to evolve to more digital. They need to do more with that, I think. Um, but, and, but I think they could survive. I think Surfing World can survive if, if Sean Daugherty has the funding and benevolent owner. Um, you know, that's where, the diff- that's the difference. Uh, well, Surfer look- was owned by a company that didn't give a damn about surfing you know let's be honest they don't care
1: about us here's the way to wrap this up fellas um if we reach under the the couch cushions and go deep and borrow from our our families and our parents and stuff can we get the 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 30 million to buy surfer and and do it right Was that all is that it i I don't don't know why (laughs) maybe i might have missed a zero on there or something but I, i I think Dude, that it'll, you know,
0: we, I'd we pay that get, just for the collection. <laughs> by,
1: by the way, way that's the, where is
0: that collection going, by the way? Where is I think the, it's
1: just going to, it's just going to sit there, but you know, shit. you're, you're the, the collection thinking toward thinking ahead is if, if there, cause I think that the way to finish up here is, is there a future for a surfer? Yes. So right now, um, I think it's been somebody at beach square reported that it's been up for sale for quite some time and no one's even bit, but, the price will come down at some point, you know, and, and what I think all you get, if you buy Surfer, I think all you get is, um, the name, the brand and the stoner archive and, uh, the John Severson archive. So, um, no Griffin, uh, no, I think, uh, I think his family got all that stuff. Uh, Maybe you get the Murphy ones or something. That, but
0: that's worth something.
1: It's, it's not, I mean, it's, it's, you're mostly buying the um, and, and honestly at this just point we've name. we've seen almost all the stoner stuff. I don't think you can just keep rehashing it. You get the name. You get to say that you're the oldest, best, you know, best known brand in in surf media. And, and you know, I keep...
0: can we talk briefly though. Why haven't any of the surf brands even acknowledged that Surfer has folded on any of the social media? Quick, Billabong, Rip Curl nothing silence you would think oh my god surfer folded we're gonna post all our old ads we're gonna reflect on this this is built our companies without yeah. surfer these companies would not be where they were nothing silence the new york Such times a...
1: did a piece i think
0: yeah no but none
1: of the brands yeah,
0: yeah. not quick billbong these guys built Don't... their Look, whole brands on them
1: i um Every every fundraiser EOS is having back to the. <laughs> I know. It's, yeah. I it's like driving
0: of... salt in the wound for you, isn't it? No, it's well not, no, not
1: you wouldn't wound. want it. here hasn't Salt in the say. wound, but if if they if they did do anything for Surfer, it would just I don't know. You know Be worst, yeah.
2: Know.
0: I don't know. Pay some lip service at least. Like it, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, yeah. to me, it just shows those companies particularly. Don't give a fuck about surfing. They don't care about us. Yeah, but how many they don't care about what we do. They're,
1: they're not original
2: anymore do. anyway. Yeah. But
1: now none of them are owned by They've all been sold, right? I mean, it's, it's by not,
0: investment firms who ruin everything.
1: But but uh, but but you but if you Oh, hold on. <laughs> Mini emergency. Um, but you can't fault you can't fault an investment firm for, you know, I don't care, who cares if an investment firm's going to put a few 100,000 into a into a uh, a tribute ad or a tribute video to surfer I mean, they don't care like i you know if exactly it was they surfer, don't care huh? they
0: don't care so why should we as surfers support no, all brands like that why would we like be,
1: be surprised we, by it
0: why would i be surprised because i thought that some people who work there had some connection to actually surfing and that might care about it and also from a pure marketing standpoint yeah you yeah, want to yeah. stamp your cornice yeah. or to make a stamp and and you know connect to your heritage maybe and to to portray a story or an image at least of caring but that's i mean
2: i think that's that's i think that's beautiful it's speeding up the realization of uh reality and the the realization that actually it's not the companies which matter it's the the people like us who do it for love you know who care about it we're doing a whole thing about it
1: yeah i mean look i don't want to like again not to sort of put the camera on us or, or, or EOS but um, two thousand people paying to have to, to, to keep Encyclopedia of Surfing going uh, at three bucks a month is peanuts compared to anything that Surfer ever did but that I think is going to end up being maybe what we all you know maybe that's going to be sort of the way it goes for a while um, Beach squid has got its audience and EOS has its little thing and. Um, Neither one of them are corporate owned and both of them feel um, uh, sort of unfiltered and true to what the people who, I mean, it's, you know, I um, guess, I guess I'm annoyed.
0: I'm sorry, but I am annoyed at these brands because Billabong's catch line is only a surfer knows the feeling. These assholes have made money off us.
1: They have,
0: they have projected this image our whole lives my whole growing up everything is based around a lot of the stuff they fed me to see it to see them not give a damn is heartbreaking and disturbing and sad and frustrating and i i think uh they should be giving some sort of acknowledgement because most of them oh their success to it and it's 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 sad it just it it bums me out it makes me think we are definitely not cohesive and it also makes me feel like
1: we're not cohesive. And also, no, yeah, and yeah. also if they did, if it you had one you of those corporate owned companies that was running some big, Hey man, surfer, we, you know, we've been with surfer since since the beginning and surfer made us and, and I, I would be just as outraged at them uh, paying this bullshit lip service to surfing. I, I, I don't think I'd feel any better about that necessarily. You know, it's no, just I another, would. I, you know what I would. I would feel it, a lot more
2: and, comforted. Really? i mean you, you know yeah. tyler tyler you know what i would call it if they, right. if they did what matt just described What, right. you know appropriation no <laughs> oh, grassroots. grassroots grassroots grassroots
0: tom curran surfer's journal yep. money on green blue on green right what was that? that was
1: my that was my interview yeah. with him That's only right. interview i interviewed tom all those times and it was all every one of them was just couldn't have been any flatter couldn't have been any just have yeah, you I'm listened to you, Dave Proden's know, interview so, with him? Huh?
0: <laughs> did you listen to Dave Proden's interview with him on no. his podcast? Oh my god, it's painful.
1: <laughs> yeah, he never liked it. Did you remember? Did I? Did I post the one of him? Did I post on EOS the one of him with Matt George where uh, Tom's wearing like the, the the brand new, right out of the right out of the uh, bag, op stripe button up? Yes, shirt. Yeah, that There's was some amazing, amazing. Surfs and surf stories. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah, and how just like. A, <laughs> Uh, but there I mean, one thing. Fun. Tom Curran
2: did—he was really like two different people. Because some of his interviews were like what you just described, but some were like the one you did,
0: like and then the one that the one,
2: one that, um, the the one one that you did. did,
0: Tyler, was amazing. With him live with Sonny Miller—that's the best interview with Tom Curran ever. Oh, I never, I'm I never claim saw it. it. Yeah. It's—we okay. just viewed *Searching for Tom Curran* the first time in theater with Sonny Miller and Tom Curran, 2012. Then I got to do a live Q and A with him and Sonny and Sonny balanced him. Yeah. So it was, and he was much more relaxed.
1: Tom is really funny when he wants to be, he's really got a great sense of humor. So
0: fucking funny. I yeah. started bringing up like obscure sh- stuff and he right. had the wittiest stuff, but anyway, sorry.
1: So before this goes too
2: far and yeah. it's, I mean too, too long. Um, yep. I know you were trying, we're trying to wrap it up. Sh- shall we do a Stump My Bro and Matt perhaps you if none of us can get the answer you jump in with and see if you can do it but you can't just jump in you can't play you get like so second I, second dibs
1: i can't be you i can't be stumped my step bro
2: well I, this, all the stuff <laughs> i got to <laughs> today stuff yeah, you've okay, written okay. anyway so Go ahead, you guys. <laughs> this is this is a check your your memory okay. this is a okay. man woman car thing or whatever it is yeah. <laughs> all right stump away all right, well who's going first you, Jane. Uh, like, Age okay. before beauty. I mean, I, I had three. Um, wait, wait, wait. Uh, we have to do... Yeah, I'm go. only going to do one.
0: Dump My, my bro.
2: bro. I have to have
0: bro. the whole echo effect. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. definitely. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: and I like right. Tyler. I like how you have the music come on and then it, it as a, like an encore we do stuff, My Bro. It's like a Bruce Springsteen concert. <laughs> Right, <laughs> right. Ah, uh, okay. So, I mean, I have got a maybe. Or it's chuffed. To, it's there's three I want to choose from, but we just want to do one each, don't we? Okay. So, what surf magazine did Rick Griffin? You know, the artist who we were talking about before, who's you know did Murphy, but then went on to be a psychedelic uh, art god in uh, San Francisco with the. What's with the san francisco five where we you... Art crumb baby crumb and um, all those great... zap Wilson comics
0: or... zap comics i remember I
1: mean,
2: just a quick detour here so that,
0: you yeah. just
1: answered the question right? no 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 no. Yeah. that's not the question but quick question. detour here what's the detour
0: detour here in college i was taking a art history class and they did a whole they watched a whole video on R crumb and zap comics and rick griffin was in it and i was just <laughs> like i felt so cool for
2: a second have
1: either like, of you guys seen an, an issue with zap comics <coughs> so like,
2: um sleek zeke the peak and uh no, no, no. Hot, hot and glassy
1: no no that, zap that was comic? that was no zap the the actual zap comics so if you were a kid in uh that came out in probably 68 or 69 if you got your hands on a zap comic it was because um it was outrageous like like yeah. uh i mean the 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 uh the, the sexual graphicness content, of it, the, s- the sex of it, the drugginess of it, the <laughs> whole, and it was like super funny, but really violent. And it was nuts, like just nuts. And uh, um, yeah, Griffin, Griffin was part of that. But Griffin, like to me, when I think of Zap, it wasn't Griffin, Griffin's sense of humor didn't like, he had that kind of Murphy. When, when, when Rick got born again and psychedelic, it wasn't funny anymore you know he was yeah. kind of funny earlier earlier on but there were other people in the zap f- thing and i don't i don't even know how long zap lasted for it was only really good for a few issues but uh it was like to me if, especially if you were 10 or something like it was the huh. uh you it was it just literally was mind-blowing to see so if anyone can you know go online and, and look up zap comics one and two and page through it and and um i mean um, these,
2: not- these days as a as an elementary school teacher, if we heard that our 10-year-old kids were reading Zap comics, we'd call social services. Yeah, it was... <laughs> with, yeah with good reason. It's
1: pretty, it's fucked up, yeah. Wait, so but you turned out was, all right. <laughs> what was Jamie's question? Oh, yeah. Sorry.
2: Gosh, let me remember. Okay, yeah, I've got it right here. Let me make sure I choose the right one. Uh, <laughs> okay, so now we know who Rick Griffin is. Um, what surf magazine did Rick Griffin Make his debut, Tyler, not Matt. <laughs> Isn't it Surfing Guide? Was it Surfing Guide? No. Do you want to? No, um, no. Do you want to take another stab? And Matt, then I'll give you a hint. Sure, Tyler. Yeah, what's the hint? Give me a hint. Um, all right, it was a single edition ma- magazine. Oh, jeez. But it was meant to be a. It was. It was meant to be an annual thing, and uh, it was published by Greg Knoll.
0: I don't know it. I'm sorry. You, you know, it's out of my wheelhouse of expertise to a certain extent.
2: Right. I will say maybe this might help Matt, but he probably knows the answer. I got it from your 1995 Surfer's Journal article, Articles of Faith, 35 Years of Surf Magazine, and insider's view.
1: Are you Matt, asking me now?
2: No. Yeah.
1: Do you know the answer? <laughs> I knew that it was Greg Knowles magazine. Hold on, but I thought. <laughs> Hold on, me, not, are you not allowed to database? look stuff up? No, no, no. I wasn't. I was letting my cat in. Uh, let me just we check. We see you reaching here. for your. Uh... Um, <laughs> it's not. It's not. Uh, it's not Reef, is it? No, Reef, Reef
2: was. That was my other question. That was the first Surf periodical before Surfer magazine. Um, what was the that, name of that, Greg that,
1: Knowles magazine? I I I can't remember the name of it. It's just Surfer's annual. <laughs> surfer's annual. Okay. Surfer's <laughs> annual.
0: Okay. Well, here's my stunt, my bro. How many pages were in the first issue of Surfer?
2: What? What a, what a weird question.
0: It's in the EOS. <laughs> it's a little... It's, t- yeah. If you had gone down one of
1: the... Uh, uh, it's lengths, it's, it's in you know the
2: 40s. It. it was 40-something. 45, I'll say.
1: 36. Dirty six. 36. Thirty-six. Okay, yeah. what's on the back cover of the first issue of Surfer?
0: Jeez, oh, in this crowded world, photo. Badly no, got it?
1: No, that's the inside back. That's cover, the inside, inside back Damn. cover. Um. Okay, I'll give you. I'll give you a hint. What was John Severson's motivation to make that magazine? Oh, one of
2: his uh, to advertise his uh, his surf film. There you yeah. go. So. Wow. That cover was Surf Fever. What yes, ding 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 ding. Oh ding. yeah! You are the champion <sighs> yeah. of chocolate chips James. You. <laughs> Tyler, you're not gonna like. Do you remember when I beat you at knock hockey when I was fourteen? And I was like, yes, yes. you really gonna go into high school tomorrow and <laughs> tell, tell everybody everyone.
0: about. It. You're really gonna go into school tomorrow and tell every or on Monday and tell everyone that you're the champion of stump my bro. Yes, I
2: will. <laughs>
1: Actually, hey Jamie, I, have any of your kids heard the joint?
2: Uh, You'd rather yeah, they just not. A few few minutes, and they just <laughs> uh, yeah. They were actually the first um, one where Tyler sent it to you know the really long one um where you could see us talking. My my son just looking was huh, and Bonnie, my daughter, she was interested because she just wanted to see Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> I But a lot of I've I've a lot of uh teachers at my school actually when they, they said so you know like what'd you do this summer and everything like that? I said, oh, bro, started a podcast. And they're like, what? <laughs> And they said, Is it about who, surfing? And I didn't, said, Yeah. Did you? But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who, who didn't
1: start a podcast?
2: I know. <laughs> but
0: I I gotta say, Matt, what was it like? Before we turn out, like well, I want to know. Tyler, like,
2: Tyler, don't you do have a stump question? Don't you? I asked you it. Already. Oh right, 36, 36 Yeah. Sorry. I
0: want to ask though. Um, what was it like working in the office? I, you know, like as a kid, I, I really did want to actually go work at Surfer for a while. Like that was a dream of mine, and I, it, it was an unrealized dream. Um, this is probably close as I'll get to that, I guess. But um, you know, what, what was it like? what especially in your time period like what so i was smells, there from the people what what t- just give us a little overview of it because I, I was there from
1: 86 you know. to 90 mm-hmm. and um i got hired by pesman steve pesman and uh paul holmes was the editor i was whatever it was assistant editor or something like that and um one of the things I remember when not the first year, cause I was too, I was too low on the, um, hierarchy, but starting the second year, surfer used to get six passes a year from camp Pendleton to drive into, to be able to drive onto the base. Oh my god! So year two, I got my dashboard pass because this cardboard thing that you kept in your glove compartment. And when you, have you guys ever been to trestles before? I mean,
0: Oh
2: yeah. Yeah.
1: Have you ever driven driven on base, Right. So uh, you go No, I just walked. <laughs> no, <you, laughs> so, when you
2: say base, do you mean like south of San Onofre, or the like? On, no, like no, driving that, that's to part trestles. of the base
1: too. But the the uh, the entrance. If you're going to go surf uppers, hmm. um, you pull off this off ramp. And if you want to go to uh, San Onofre, you go to the next off ramp, and to surf Santa, you turn right, and to, to go onto the base, you turn left, and you go up to this little guard shack you put your uh, cardboard thing on the dashboard and they salute you and you get to go park at uh, church. And, you know, it's, and when I got that, probably even more than my, you know, whatever I was earning about what I'm earning now, but it was like, I've made it. I've arrived. Like I'm, I've i got a base, I've got a pass to drive onto. So that was like the greatest thing that it, I, I, that was the perk. That was the, that was the, like, I, I, I must've had health insurance back then, but who, who cared? I was 20, five but getting a pass to drive into trestles was just a was a miracle uh,
0: drive in there um, with my thompson's ex-girlfriend at the time or...
1: <laughs> i was working with <laughs> the i did i i'm not sure if i told this but like once after that By the way, you know, after after sarah dumped so sarah dumped michael for me and then she dumped me for i don't know what uh but at one point about two years after that Michael and I were walking back from Lowers together. Did I say this last time we talked? No, no. Michael and I were—I—I—I'd I'd been steering clear from him for two years. I was terrified, and you know, I didn't think he was going to like beat me up or anything. But he was just a, a scary human being, and I knew that he—you know—he—he he knew <laughs> that I was the one who his girlfriend had left him for. But we're walking back from Lowers in the in the twilight, and he caught up to me, or I caught up to him. We just spent the time, we spent the walk from lowers to church because he also had a pass to get in somehow and we just talked and shot the shit and like i go okay everything's fine now he doesn't hate me it's like you know we we we'd move past it and i ended up doing a little bit of, of work for him we never ever once said her name or anything you you know it was just a it was a done thing but i remember being really 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 relieved my time uh, at surfer was jeff divine steve pesman uh paul holmes and uh, an art director named jeff gerard and i think i wrote in the sunday joint that for me it really felt like um it was creative some days other days it wasn't it was um surf clubby because steve peasant would come to my office at eleven thirty, and instead of saying uh or he'd come to my office at lunch and say you know why aren't you surfing? There's, it's Trestles is good right now. And he would like my boss would tell me, get out of here and surf, you know, because he would he was going to go surf. And so it was sort of had a surf club vibe to it. We all went out in the water a lot together, which was great. Steve, Steve was an incredible person to work for. Um and there was, you know, just all the inner office stuff like any other place with the you know, romance and the feuds and the all the backbiting and all that shit. And all of the alliances and all of the petty stuff so it was like it was like the episode of the office you know so i i loved it but when i left in um in 1990 i'd gone as far as i felt like I could, I could do with it and i as i i think also said in the joint you know when i came to surfer in 85 it was in not great shape and yeah when i handed it off to steve hawk in 1990 end of 1990 it was in better shape and then steve made it better than i did it was also really true for me throughout that whole period that, um, I always knew that I was working for surfer. It meant a lot. It meant, it meant so much to be uh, part of it. It was like this big honor and responsibility. And, um, I always, always wanted the, the issue I was working on to, to improve on the one before. I mean, I, I loved having all those issues lined up in my office. So I could just sort of see how the mm-hmm. progress was, where it worked, where it didn't work. And everything I do with Encyclopedia Surfing today, not everything, but gosh, 80% feels like I kind of learned or began learning during that period at Surfer, right? So it was, it was great. I was, it was a, couldn't have been a better work experience and, um, and I hope that everybody who worked there before and after, I hope, you know, had a a similar good experience. Um, and I'm glad that it, I'm glad that it clicked. I'm really glad that it's, it's so funny because when you told me, Tyler, that, that Jamie was uh, collecting up these articles that I'd done from that period. Back. Like, you know, that was just before- for our listeners,
0: by the way, my brother made this, uh, um, you know, anthology uh, magazine for me of all Matt Warshaw's greatest profile articles from right. the eighties. Um, and it's beautiful and lovely. And probably one, of, you know, that in the Tom and Wayne Lynch one that you right. did too, or like, the greatest gifts ever, and uh, yeah, I have to say, it just does so feel cool. a bit
2: weird now that I kind of know you, Matt. Well, but but <laughs> it was but, easier but, when you're
1: it's two dimensional. <laughs> I wasn't saying like, uh, I wasn't saying that, like, um, look how good of a it was just like it was hard back then because all we would get occasionally was a few letters dumped on our desk from people who were saying they liked it or didn't like it or whatever, and, and now everything is so 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 instantaneous. Instant. But when I hear that. That Jamie, you know, did that for you something thirty years ago. It's like, man, you know, people were reading it and people liked it. And I sure, you know, when I was when I was a kid, um, I lived for those magazines, man. You know, I mean, that was part of my identity as a surfer. And uh, I'm I'm super proud and um, that I was able to be part of it. And and uh, I'm I'm I don't miss it on the. I'm not going to miss it sort of daily but it feels like there's a little hole. There's a, definitely a hole out there that won't be filled, you know, some, something just died and it's, that's it.
0: Getting yeah. a little verklempt. We got your kissing. joints here. Thanks Talk amongst me, yourselves. You <laughs> Talk amongst yourselves. Let me give you a topic. Surfers, Neither wave riders or people, whatever, go discuss, you know? Um, well, uh, I really, I really, we really appreciate you coming on and discussing oh. this with us. Um, yeah. you know, Super it's fun. a, it's a pretty seminal moment in surf history, I think, uh, not only passing of surfer, but also passing of Michael Thompson and, and kind of glad you were able to share that story with yeah. us briefly. And, and Duke um,
2: Boyd as well. And Duke and Boyd. It's so been it's like, a hell of a week. Or, you know, it's been a yeah. hell of a year. And yeah. Johnny Nash as well. Jeez.
0: So, I mean, um, yeah, so it was special, and, and we appreciate you, you know, joining us uh, for this. Um, if I might be so bold and cheesy, can I, um, can I uh, walk us out with a, a quick little quote from John Severson, a very well-known one, and it's been repetitive and done over and over, but I think it's kind of fitting. In this crowded world, the surfer can still seek and find the perfect day, the perfect wave. And still be along with his, hers, or their thoughts, John Severson. I modernized it a little bit to be very inclusive.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's great. Isn't that the? Isn't that just the best? I, I think I wrote something about saying, how can you be that specific and that timeless? Like, yeah, a, you know, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful little piece. Uh, and um, yeah, that's the way to go out.
0: It's great, and um, yeah, we're psyched uh that we had surfer in our lives yeah, and um you know uh it's clearly shaped all of us in one way or another and i think all surfers should should pay tribute to it because it's part of their dna and yeah we're grateful for it so thank you to all the staff all the publishers everyone who's ever contributed to surfer I know I'm really appreciative of everything you do. And even though I might've been critical and harsh at times in my life, and even on this show, I still loved Surfer Magazine and love it still. And I still look and thumb through all of them. So long live Surfer Magazine.
1: Long live Surfer. Thanks you guys.
0: All of us to all of you. (laughs) Take it out, Beatles. (laughs)
1: good night (laughs) the end bye guys bye